Welcome to Work in Progress, The Matrix Podcast. Blending talent, supplier, and employer perspectives, this is not your typical work podcast. This is a platform to explore the future of work through a new lens, in a world where businesses and people are always striving to adapt and progress. On this episode, host Roger Clements tackles the critical gap between education and employment readiness and asks how can we help create the job-ready generation. Joined by some of the industry's finest minds, star of BBC Apprentice, founder of Bright Ideas Trust and National Interview Week Ambassador, Tim Campbell, MBE. Vice Chair of the Institute of Student Employers and Head of Talent Acquisition for Amazon EMEA, Kath Possumai. And Matrix's very own CEO and renowned purpose-driven business leader, Mark Inskip. They come together to provide three key perspectives from across the employment marketplace. Challenging us to ask ourselves the question, are we really doing enough to create pathways to employability for our young people? Let's find out. This is Work in Progress, the Matrix podcast. Tim, you, you mentioned a couple of things that I'm really keen to, 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 to dive into. First, first of all, I wonder for, for, the, for, for, our, for our listeners who may, may be not aware of what Gatsby benchmarks are, we've raised them a couple of times. Could you just give a, a, a one-minute overview of, 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 of what, what a Gatsby benchmark is? So basically, just to, Gatsby benchmark was, a, from government, a, an overview of our and how schools should be supporting their pupils with what was, in our old days, careers advice yes, and guidance, right? Because right. all of us had the horrible memory of speaking to a careers advisor and they say well maybe you should work in retail or maybe you should do that and and although that is a painful memory for many it should be the incentive why the Gatsby benchmarks should be yeah. fully supported okay. by parents and um, and be more broadly uh, understood by the students themselves so essentially there was eight benchmarks which all talked about how careers advice and guidance could be structured in a really strategic way with a heavy emphasis for this conversation mm -hmm. around uh, increasing the amount of touch points that students had with employers, yeah. whether it be through work experience, the stuff about engaging people coming in school and talking about what they do, but just showing that there was a plethora of different opportunities for individuals once they went out into the world of work. Because the difficulty was seen to our conversation, the pathway from education to employment was too... Um, haphazard yeah. and people fell into things rather than using the time while they were thinking about their selections around A-levels, you talked mm -hmm. about your children just gone through that, or what they went on to do further in higher education, mm -hmm. linked to a particular passion or purpose mm -hmm. that they had, yeah. which could lead into a career. I think where uh, a lot of the catalyst was is that the world of work is changing rapidly, but the education um, leaders weren't armed with the information about how best to support their students in order to be able to do that. So the Gatsby benchmarks were put in place to assist those teachers to understand what they could do to make the pathway to employment as most effective for those individuals as possible. Yes. I know that whilst there, whilst the challenge is high, there are some really good things that are happening at the moment to actually address that. And, and you mentioned one of them, which I'm going to dive into very soon, Tim, around National Interview Week. But before we do, I just I think it's really important for us if we're talking about sort of this widening gap between education and careers. I think it is. I I I don't think it's is is we're able to do to frame it properly without also addressing. Um, social mobility and and the and how social mobility has an impact on that as well because I think I think we we've spoken about parents and their influence around um, the stigmas around apprenticeships potentially and and actually how generationally there are different stigmas attached to different career routes with a socially social sort of mobility context around this how how do you think that that issue is worsened around sort of 
perhaps with underrepresented groups or, or, or individuals that haven't had that sort of high performing academically, but actually haven't got the family support network that perhaps have moved, have gone through that process. Are, are we seeing, is that is that something that is getting worse at the moment with the, with an increasing widening of the sort of salary, the wealth gap between in, in society? So. Yeah. You know, if you, firstly, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So yes. the lack of a kind of role model of someone you know mm-hmm. who might have gone through that path yes. is yeah. one. And then, you know, it's still the case that, you know, internships mm-hmm. tend to go. I mean, there are structured programs. There are some companies who do this very well, you mm-hmm. know, but there are a lot of the work experience, the internships go to friends and family. Yeah, yeah. You know, could you mm-hmm. just, you know, could you just find my niece, yeah. you yes. know, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. Can you just get my son a couple of weeks there? And so, A, they go to the people who mm-hmm. already have the privilege and the access, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't. Um, and B, even if often the 18-year-old who comes from a tougher background has to earn money over the summer, so can't spend two months having an unpaid internship because they need to earn the money. So both those things are huge barriers to getting the people who need the access in. And actually, um, the former Capita Chief Exec, John Lewis, uh, I worked for Capita for a number of years, Mm -hmm. really powerfully stood up on stage once at a conference, and you were there, Roger. I I remember it well. um, In front of the 300 Mm. Capita leaders Mm. and said, I don't want to see any internships in this company going to your (laughs) kids, Godchildren, mm. nieces, nephews, friends. Mm. If we have an opportunity, it needs to go yeah. to a child that needs it. Mm. And it was so yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, there are loads of companies that are just not mm. in that space, and, and yeah. we should be. It was one of those one of those wake up moments for me, which was okay. This is this is a leader that because I think in the context of that as well was was John sharing sharing his own background, mm. which I thought was really powerful. More and more CEOs in my opinion, should be creating that sort of that network. And I know, Mark, you're CEO of Matrix and, and, and have been across, across Kantar and a number of other employees in terms of leading it. What's your view around sort of the, the direction that the leader should, should set in terms of opportunity for all? Well, uh, firstly, I, I love that John Lewis thing, um, mm. and we, we, we will be doing that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right? <That's lovely. laughs> um, we're not that big, but yeah. but you know, I, you know, can do our bit. Like, it's something I'm personally passionate about. You know, I was, you know, I, I, I've done okay, right? But I, I came came from a, I was the first person in my family to ever go to uni. All of those stories, right? Um, and I remember distinctly as a as a 18 year old thinking about university choices. Right? I didn't even know what where Oxford and Cambridge was is right i had good grades i might have been able to go i didn't even apply because it was like i didn't just not in my consideration set now it all worked out okay i met my wife at uni and all that kind of stuff so you know no no regrets right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) absolutely no regrets i hope she doesn't listen to this um uh but it's yeah it's something super important to, to to me in how we try and think about you know, Matrix spends a lot of its time trying to connect people to work. That's the purpose of the business. Uh, and I'm, you know, very focused on trying to bring underrepresented groups into into the talent network that we do. And we see it, we see it, you know, we work with a thousand, over a thousand recruiters, right, agencies across the UK. And it's always the same candidates. There's same lists. The same list of the same people. We even see the same people coming from the yeah. different agencies. And, and, you know, and and so, you know, uh, you know, we, we're trying to work on some partnerships to bring 
X forces, yeah. homeless, yeah. all of those, all yeah. of those that that, that, that are all because you, you those people just never appear yeah. on the candidate lists, yeah. um, and so that we're trying to trying to have our little bit of influence yeah. in, in trying to in trying to work some work work across that, mm-hmm. uh, and then try and you know try and live live by the live by their standards as how we operate as as a as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the t- the tone from the top is incredibly important in all of these conversations because the powerful message that came from the leader should trickle down immediately right because that's what happens people your voice as a leader at the at the top is incredibly powerful it needs to be monitored and managed as that disseminates through the different levels because it can be diluted as it goes down Um, and we've all seen that like well i said this should happen last week why is this still not happening how is it how is it not happening that's the reality of business that that, that's how it works right but i think there's also the additional complication is that the intersectionality of all of these conversations is very very complex to navigate social mobility should not be a a switch out for some of the other inclusion programs that we've spent a huge amount of time yes. building up and delivering, right? Um, and it can be very easy to do that because with the Armed Forces Covenant that we've worked with previously, it was very easy to say, well, if we get this person and then she's a woman and she's a, oh my gosh, look how many boxes we ticked. Oh my gosh, haven't we done well for ourselves? And it, it shouldn't be about that. It should really be about what's the culture that we're trying to create here in this organisation? Are we about finding the talent that mm-hmm. is the best regardless where it is mm-hmm. with an understanding that we have limited resources? The latter bit is the hard piece because we all want to do everything we all would love to do everything and we would love to hug and do kumbaya and dance around trees and everything yeah, right but you can't you can't and you you just you triggered something in terms of one of one of my things right is, is you used a really dangerous phrase in that right which is the best right and we were meeting some hr leaders a couple of weeks ago right and we we're talking about the, the best right and, and and how do we stop uh, recruiters, leaders, whatever, right? T- trying to always put forward the, the, best, the best candidate, right? Uh, and I, and I don't think you can, right? Because that's because I, I want the best candidate. For me, what we've got to educate people, uh, you know, business leaders on is the how to redefine what best is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, but best is not necessarily, you know, in, in fact, in certainly in my case, is not my own image, right? You know, it'd be super easy for me just to go out and hire a bunch of people that look and think just like me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know. I actively, you know, when we're trying to hire, we're just you know, doing some, you know, building a leadership team. You know, I, I want people who irritate me a little bit, think differently yeah, to me, that's right? That's right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, because yeah. otherwise, that, that and that's best, right? That, that's and right. And, um, and and again, then, and I think the way you get that is often from people with different backgrounds, different yes. thought processes, yes. different experiences. You know, it'd be super easy to go out and hire a bunch of people that have gone to a uni and worked in this thing and done that and done that and you know, in an all like in likelihood are probably white and probably a bloke and you know, yeah. super you know, it's super it's lazy, right? It's super easy to go that way. And so I think that you know the big theory is just to help help people understand that that something you know that best is is a very dangerous dangerous path to go down when you're trying to hire people. And allied to that, the way we hire and the way we select needs to change and organizations are you know have been on this path for a few years but there's a long way to go you know the old traditional competency interview which asks you to (laughs) tell me about a time when you did x (laughs) again the kids who've had the work experiences and the internships and all of that opportunity are the kids that come through really strongly in a competency interview the kids that have not don't know what they're going to say i mean and you can't interviewing an 18 year old in a competency-based way is is ridiculous quite honestly you have to try and work and there are ways and means of doing it assess for potential 
assess for mindset, assess for attitude. And that will then allow us to, I think, get a much broader range of individuals um, and give opportunity to a broader range of individuals. It's that toe, it needs to be set from from the top because all the examples you're giving, people are bringing their personal experience where they've had that diversity of experience to what they do on a day-to-day basis. And therefore, it makes it harder to not have a broader view of what talent looks like. So we've all had those leads. I remember Rosaline Blair talked very passionate, like, listen, I can't, and she was so open with her neurodiversity. Yeah, sure. And then that just nullified any challenge to anybody in the whole... Yeah, you, yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't stand up because your leader is admi- ad- admitting that this is her position and she runs a brilliant company. Yeah. So you can't then say, we can't then bring people in who exactly yes. reflect yes. that yes. diversity. Yes. So I think the, the the bit that we're all saying is that if we are more personal in our world of work, because we've come from a background where everything has to be very polished and, mm-hmm. and very presentable, but we're now, there's a bit more vulnerability where actually that advocates strength yes. because that yeah. different yes. way of dealing with stuff is actually how we deal with the problems and challenges yeah. that we face in today's environment. And I think that authenticity is also resonating with with the younger generations coming in, or yeah. you know, around around actually needing to see vulnerability and needing to Human see. Human beings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really key. I mean, one of the things that I was really really excited about, and I want to talk about some of the things that are happening now to to, to address this. Mark, I was really super excited around um matrix's partnership with your game plan and tim on national interview week um tim you've mentioned already briefly in this conversation but i wonder tim whether you could just give an overview around what national interview week is and what it's setting out to um setting out to solve or to to address well it's it's it's, it's where we started the conversation is that there are a lot of problems out there but what are you what what are people doing to come up with solutions to solve them because you can't get rid of the problem you but you can come up with solutions and we were seeing lots of feedback from employers and young people say they don't know how to navigate the interview process because whether or not they've had a lack of experience of being in that scenario or there's just a uh, an unfounded fear about that particular central part of the recruitment process right so we're not going to get rid of interviews tomorrow and actually your really valid point about how the world of attraction has changed where you're now doing virtual interviews post-covid everything's Mm -hmm. technology driven and and accelerated hugely where we've still got people who haven't ever been prepared for that so what we wanted to do with your game plan is give people the opportunity to learn the skills from people who know how it's done or what they're looking for and pass that information over to the young people who are being prepared for the world of work so they can get rid of that fear and come armed with a skill set which will help them better promote themselves. Uh, and National Interview Week is the idea that came with that. So we want to work with some fantastic and we're loving the fact that Matrix have come on board so it's incredibly helpful in promoting and accelerating because of the world that you exist within going out to as many different schools and individuals as possible to learn the skills of interviewing through a dedicated week that will make something that is quite scary for most people Mm. quite cool. Mm. So virtual and in-person, is that the intention? The intention is to do as much in-person as possible, Mm -hmm. but also have the virtual element in terms of telling people about the skills, the different platforms that now are used, and the way that technology is influencing how they will be judged. Um, I think there's nothing going to beat the personal one-to-one contact. Mm. We could have done this on a on a Zoom call uh, in our houses yeah, yeah, yeah. with created backgrounds yeah. and everything else, right? <laughs> but the, the reality is that there's nothing that beats a personal connection with somebody. Yeah. But if you don't teach that skill to somebody, mm. it's still very intimidating. And if they aren't aware 
aware of how their body language is, how, how important eye contact is, what the power of a handshake means, how you articulate your answers, how you use your voice in different scenarios. All of these different so-called soft skills that we think are so important, where are they taught on the curriculum? So Danny and the team at Your Game Plan thought, hold on a second, there's a bit of white space here that isn't addressed by anything yes. why don't we do it yeah. and there you go bam solution created national interview week and we found an amazing partner in Matrix yeah great fantastic I mean when Roger came you came to tell me about it I, I, thought, I thought about it for about five seconds right yeah. yes we're doing that yeah. right uh, you know it, it fits it fits with what we want to do as a, as a company right we want to connect as many people to work as we can and that starts w w in schools yep. mm -hmm. I'm passionate about actually trying to broaden the representation in the workforce that we connect and again it comes out you know it's just it was just a no-brainer yeah. for us and frankly i was you know i'm i'm uh, you know flattered and amazed that that matrix could be part of it right so we're you know we're super excited well i've got a team of 500 recruiters so <laughs> i think amongst a team of 500 recruiters we can probably find some hours to to support that it's one of the yeah. things you as as you get older and you drill down the skills that are required communication and sales are always at the central point of that because if you don't sell you don't have a business yeah. if you can't communicate your idea no one will understand what you're talking mm. about in an interview you're doing both of those things you're selling yourself and you're communicating why you should be the person that's picked over everybody else yeah. and if we can get more people understanding that core foundational skill what that will do around confidence for that individual just to be able to talk to somebody else and share what they have to offer as a valuable position will hopefully increase those things that we also talked about around social mobility, around um, inclusion within workforces. Because what I think is at the heart of National Interview Week is equity. Yes. It's about giving people what they need from where they're at. You're going to have lots of people who are incredibly confident. They can articulate whatever they want to whoever but put them in front of an interview panel with four people sitting there asking questions, they crumble, yeah, they disappear. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like confidence is situational, but also it's a taught and learned skill. So therefore that's what we're able to do for oh, the process. When I was running army recruiting, what was fascinating for us was when COVID arrived mm. um, and we had to immediately, as everyone else did, pivot to an entirely mm. virtual model. And the army had 68 career centres around the country. Mm. So we had to do all of that interaction that was in person in a career centre online suddenly. Mm. And actually what we found was the failure to attend rate, which we used to track, <laughs> dropped exponentially yeah, right, yes. because the barrier for that young person yeah. was so much less yes. because they could sit at home and do it through a screen yeah. instead of having to yeah. go to a local center, ring mm. the doorbell, come in. Yeah. And so that whole point around building confidence mm -hmm. so that people feel comfortable mm -hmm. to come face to face mm -hmm. is a really important one yeah, because it's a really, really very yeah. real problem yeah. it's much yeah. easier Huge. just not to go yes it's scary it, it, yeah. Yeah. it's a skill it's a skill it needs to yeah. be i mean i, I mean, earlier in my career I'd, I'd apply for jobs or yeah. i'd and a headhunter would phone me or whatever and i'd go and i'd go interview I, even if i didn't really want the job yeah, yeah. Mm. i'd go and have the conversation to practice because i was just treated yeah. i just treat it as yeah. a as a yeah. practice yeah. process yeah. of exactly. because you know I, you know my wife's sort of you know working you know works in works in in the charity sector and has been working through some stuff right now you know well when you do want to don't don't not go for an interview until the job it is you really want because you want to be practiced right you yes. want to be yes. you want you want that you want the one that matters you want to be able to nail it's yeah. a yeah. worst case scenario you get some useful feedback yes. exactly. that is Absolutely. the worst case scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that just that confidence build isn't it the more the more you practice something the better you become at yeah. it we did a, a podcast around um and we got a a recent university graduate on that and one of the things that he was saying was 
in his education experience, interviewing um, wasn't taught, absolutely, but CV writing was. They were drilled <laughs> yeah. in. They were drilled oh, into yeah. how to write oh, a CV. Yeah. And what what became what came out was that actually, if you looked at pretty much every CV that came out of that particular establishment, that school that they were, and in his year group, mm. he was saying that there was probably nothing that divided us because we were taught so within an inch of our lives how to write the CV and what to put in it. And so therefore, when you get to it, the interview then becomes the thing that differentiates you because actually on paper, when your skills, your experience are there, so it puts even more pressure on... on, With artificial intelligence now, it's becoming much more similar in terms of what people are presenting. And that ability to just communicate who you are and why you can solve the problems yes. that their employer yeah. has. It's so valuable. And mm. the big vision, I think, which got me inspired by Danny and the team, is that mm. once you train one person, they can go and train other people. Yes. Mm. They can share it with their peer group yes. and the network. And it mm. becomes something that becomes like, I'm going for an interview, so what, what sort of key things I should think about? Yeah. How do I present mm. myself? What should I say? How do I respond to questions? Mm. And we shouldn't be just relying on teachers or the state to do this. We can do this ourselves, right? Mm, yeah. This is like, this is a bit of anarchy. I, li- I like it. It's yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah, we, can, right, yeah. we can take control. And as employers, mm. it's an immediate feedback loop for ourselves because hopefully that person that we support through National Interview Week comes back as an interviewee and they're bloody brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, nail yeah, it. Yeah, 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 they yeah, nail yeah. it. The standard yeah. goes up because you've, there's an intervention that helps you to make that reality, then we'll win. <laughs> so for anyone that wants to know more about National Interview Week, we'll be putting some details on, on, the, on, on the podcast. So please do get in touch because I think the, um, the cause is, is, is fantastic. But also I think the impact is practical impact, is practical yeah. intervention. I think we talked today a lot about yeah. framing the problem, but actually... For me, this is an awareness campaign that is that is going to drive practical impact. And yeah. and, and every child in the country should have yeah. uh, an interview skill. Absolutely, yeah. It should be Absolutely. a matter of course. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to be interviewed. I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation today. Um, there is, uh, you know, I think we've we've covered a lot of topics, and I'm really really appreciate it. Before before we go, I just wanted to, to wonder whether we can sort of as a bit of a as a bit of a service for our listeners. Um, <laughs> I I know that we, uh, uh, Tim, you mentioned um, you've had some howlers um, in your in the interviews. Give give me a couple of examples. What's, what's your what's your worst ever interview experience? Or what's the, no, what's the I, thing? I think, I think the thing. As an interviewer, yeah. that you always a bit mortified when somebody completely falls apart in front of you. Because I'm quite paternalistic, mm. and I don't, I don't enjoy that. I know people have the perception it's this transactional interaction where you've got this parent-to-child kind of relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it actually, you want the person to do well because actually, I'm looking for the person exactly. who's going to solve a problem, mm. right? So, mm. the thing I I always remember is somebody completely falling apart, ending up in tears because they just couldn't get their words out and their answer, and you sit there. And you're mortified for them with them, right? So what I'd say to anybody is that don't feel that you have to come in and learn stuff off-rote and just talk as the most articulate person that's ever existed. Come in with notes if you need to. Tell the person on the other side of the table, I need a bit of a pause. Be as prepared as you need to be to perform the best that you need to. And don't become this caricature of what you think a perfect interview looks like. Find out what works for you. So if that person had just stopped and said, listen, can I just take a second just to to read my notes because I've prepared what it needs to be. I just can't remember a second. I'd have no problem with that. None at all. I'd sit there and wait for those five seconds which seem like five hours while you're waiting right but I'd much rather you did that 
them fall apart in front of me and then I can't give you an opportunity because you haven't given me anything. Yeah, yeah. So I always reflect on those times when I've seen people completely fall apart because they've learned everything verbatim in their head how they're going to respond to everything and then they get a curveball question and they're not prepared for it. Yeah. So write down notes, do the stuff that you need to and the thing that scares most people about interviews is the lack of knowledge. So fill the gaps of bits you don't know with as much information. So phone up in advance and find out who's going to be interviewed. Ask a question, find out their name. Sit them on LinkedIn. Don't be a stalker because you get arrested. But just make sure you understand who's in there and who you're coming to see, right? Yeah. Then do the a recce to see how you're going to get it because yeah. the worst thing you can do, turn up on late. I hate people who turn up late because it doesn't really reflect yeah. how I think yeah. you're going to perform in the real yeah. world, right? Yeah. And things can happen. That's okay. But try as much as you can to make sure you've done a record before and then understand clearly that you have been invited based on the information that you've provided yeah. so know your cv inside out because if i ask you a question on the cv and you start stuttering and you're not quite sure of it i'm a bit then skeptical if that's your yeah. about what you're saying yeah. Yeah. Chat wrote it instead. research uh, and understanding is great yeah. right but when you can you can really nail it if you can tell the interviewer something that they don't know about their business. Yes. yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Because uh, yeah. that you kind of, you know, as an interviewer, you go, so, you know, that's, I always really encourage them to, to yeah. really try and, yeah. so, mystery shop it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, a few roles I've gone for the rest, I've phoned up and put, you know, so my role, name's yeah. Mark Inskip, yeah. right? But yeah. if I say it differently, yeah. I, I can be Martin Skip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. So, so, <laughs> right? so Martin Skip is yeah. my alter ego, right? Yeah. For, do, for right. doing we'll mystery do shopping. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, check your records, right? But but I just to try and find something that that's just not quite right. Does the website work properly, right? Is there something that doesn't that doesn't quite I make sense? That that, that love just that. tell don't because it always says well, make sure you've got some good questions. Yes, right. It's so hard to so do hard. in reality, right? Yeah. Well, what's a, what's a good question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, a good so a good question would be. I've noticed this, or when I phoned up and did this, or when I went into your shop and did this, or when I, you know, mm. and this happened. Why is that? Very right? I think that then yeah. is yeah. is a good question that, and that helps in your mind, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was just reflecting. Tim was talking about lessons for interviewees, but I think there's a lesson for employers and interviewers. Mm. And one of my, you know, real kind of shock horror moments was running recruiting with the army mm. in the early days, and I went to visit one of our career centres, uh, and which will remain nameless. It was a while, it was a while ago. But um, And I said when I got there, Look, can I um, sit in on one of the interviews? Yeah. Of course, ma'am. Please, please call me Kath, not ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, and, and then shortly after they said, he's arrived, ma'am. Normally we'd send him away. But as you're here, we're going to interview him. I said, well, oh, wow. why would you send him away? He's wearing jeans, ma'am. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, hello. <laughs> yes, yeah. This kid has got on the bus, screwed up his courage, rung the doorbell yes. to come into this career centre and you're going to send him away because he's wearing jeans. And there was, you know, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, we did a, a complete change of all of the people we had in the Army Career Centres because they were in their 40s and 50s mm. and they were so disconnected mm. from yeah. the generation mm. that we were trying to yeah. recruit. And you've really got to think about what message you are sent, who are you recruiting and why what's and, what, and what's important and what matters. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's a very extreme example. Mm. But, but yeah. It, yeah. some of that is still out there. Some of that and is still I, out and I can imagine the Career Centre, an Army Career Centre is probably one of the most daunting places really for a young is. person to come for an interview and, as well. And, because, and you, have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to ring the doorbell because of security. Yes. They still have yes. to. We, we had yeah. a big debate about it. Because of security, yeah. you, you have to. And I walked into the Army Career Centre when I was 17 because mm. I was mm. thinking about yeah. potentially doing something yeah. in the military. Mm. And I had the most horrifically 
yeah. unwelcoming, intimidating. What on earth? Do you, why, why do you think you'd fit in here? Mm. Experience, yeah. which meant I walked out and, and forgot yeah. any, yeah. put yeah. away any any thought of military career. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Fantastic. It's a great point because your your team is a reflection of your brand. Mm. So what is that? If I walk away from, we, we have this process where everybody walks away from an interview should walk away smiling because we want them to be a good ambassador yeah. for the yeah. brand. Yeah. Even if and they don't get a job. Exa yeah. Exactly. And that's the point. Great. Lots of people don't think about that is that with Glassdoor, lots of platforms now yeah. that are clearly mm. open, mm. you are not in control of your communication anymore, no. but you are in control of your interaction with people. Yeah. And if they leave, at least it's a no with a positive feeling that's a better way because you don't want them to tell 10 of their friends, don't ever go back there again yeah. Yeah. because this is how you get treated. Yeah, That's worse. And we're working really hard at the moment on a programme around how we give candidate feedback, feedback. but we, we're trying to call it feed forward mm. because we want it to be, you weren't successful, maybe you weren't successful mm. this time, but if you come, when you come back to interview with us again, yeah. these are the things to think about. So this is the forward focused advice yeah. we would give you. And I like that concept. Love it. And trying to help yeah. people get better. Somebody who's yeah. at Accenture, yeah. a, a great mentor of mine, you say, said, I don't mind if we say goodbye to people, but we always must make sure that the door's left open for them yeah. to come back. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I remember Rosaline at um, AMS was all, was a very firm advocate of that. Boomerangs, wasn't it? And it is the boomerang Boomerangs. hire. I think she coined the phrase yeah, boomerang hire, actually. Yeah, and she, yeah. her perspective was if people... Everyone needs to move around, yeah, and actually, absolutely. if you can make it as welcoming on the exit as it is on the incoming, very important. Then, yeah, then yeah. and and if you look at the number of people yeah. in a, well, a, a yes. but but if you look at the number of people that come in and out of that yeah, organisation, yeah, yeah. it's you know there, yeah. there are people that have done three or four times, yeah, and, and actually, yeah. it's it, I think it's so important so in, a, cool. in a highly mobile career. Very yeah. much well. so. Yeah, so. Kath, Tim, Mark. Thank you ever so much Thank for you. your time today. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. And um, Likewise. yeah, all the best for the day. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank all right. Enjoyed this episode? Subscribe now to Work in Progress, The Matrix podcast, and never miss a new release.